0: Greetings, friends, and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Let's just open with prayer. Father, I thank you for the sweet Holy Spirit you have sent to us and who resides in us, this Spirit of Truth. And I ask that the Spirit of Truth resonate in our hearts today with this particular truth out of 1 corinthians 6 19 speaking about our life is not our own we've been bought with a price father i ask you to help us i ask you for great grace to help us walk that truth out in our lives and to really know the true meaning of what that means so bless each listener today father as they hear this message in jesus name amen so the title of this message is "Your Life Is Not Your Own." You know, since my husband passed, I—that was back in early November—I am still struggling off and on here and there, and I um, was really having a, a time of discouragement and wondering. You know, gosh, you know, my future has changed, and. I was having a pity party, pity party, because I kept thinking about all the wonderful things we were going to do. He was retiring, and it was—I um, had—I had waited so long for that time, and thinking about all the wonderful, fun things we were going to do, and how we were going to minister together, and I was so, so very excited. So I got into a place of great discouragement. Kind of like going down that deep, dark hole when I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my spirit. And he said, your life is not your own, Don. You've been bought with a price. Now, prior to hearing that, I had been having a dialogue with the Lord about. About all of this and telling him, you know, that I, I. I needed to come up out of this. I just didn't know how. And, you know, almost every day I say this scripture. From whence comes my help? I look into the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And so after crying out to the Lord, from whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. I heard in my spirit, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. And I mean to tell you, it almost, I mean, it snapped me out of that mindset so quickly. Gave me a whole new perspective. And I began to think, oh my goodness, what am I doing? My life really is not my own. I have been bought with a price. So I began to think about who in the Bible might depict that kind of whole scenario and Peter came to me, not, you all know that Peter, <laughs> Peter was a fisherman. God called him. I think he was a little bit of a show off. Um, I think to a great extent, he was sincere in his love for the Lord. He was excited. He, he was intense. And of course, we know the story when, um, the disciples get into the boat and they go to the other side and they get caught in the middle of the sea tossed by waves and the wind becomes contrary and it's in the middle of the night and they see Jesus walking on on the sea and um they get scared and they think it's a ghost and immediately Jesus speaks to them and says, "You know, be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid." And Peter says to him, "Lord, if if it's you command me to come, come to you on the water and be, and the Lord says, come. And so there goes Peter right out of the boat, walking on the water to Jesus. So this Peter, he was a strong character, as I said, an intense man. Um, you know, he, uh, he really loved Jesus. But he often got got himself in a whole heap of trouble. Um, we read in Matthew. Um, chapter 16 verse starting with verse, verse 13 when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples saying who do men say that I the son of man am. So they said well some say you're John the Baptist some Elijah and others Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. He said to them. But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to Peter. Blessed are you Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we can see that Peter has um, different exchanges with the Lord. And it goes on to say in chapter 16, verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then here goes Peter. He takes the Lord aside and he begins to rebuke the Lord, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not happen to you. But the Lord turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus goes on into the dialogue about if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So <laughs> this Peter, he's, he's an impetuous kind of fellow. He speaks his mind. He often puts his foot in his mouth he's excited he's intense he really loves the lord and then of course we know that peter says that um you know he tells jesus that he is not going to deny him and lo and behold what happens he denies him three times jesus tells him he's going to and he uh you know, absolutely denies that that's that could possibly happen. And yet it turns around and that's exactly what Peter did. So you can imagine um, when Peter says to him, assuredly, I say, or when Jesus says to Peter, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to the Lord, even if I have to die with you, i will not deny you now imagine he is very intense peter says to the lord even if i have to die with you i will not deny you but we know the rest of the story and in verse in uh, matthew 26 um We see verse 69. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you are also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, Peter denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, Those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then Peter began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, here's kind of what happened. Right after that happens, Peter, his faith is shipwrecked. He's discouraged. He has let down the Lord. He has truly um, done something that he feels there's no way back. He's embarrassed. He's ashamed of what he's done. So ashamed that what does Peter do? He goes back to fishing. He goes back to what he knew, what was comfortable. And there is an element of self-pity in there, feeling sorry for himself. Now, that was not his destiny. That was not his future. Did he screw up? Sure. Did he say things he shouldn't have? Sure. Did he have a bit of arrogance in him, pride? Absolutely. But did he love Jesus? Oh, you bet he did. But he was immature. He was immature and young in the things of the kingdom of God. And there were lessons that he had to learn. So he goes back to fishing. He goes back to his comfort zone. And that's kind of what you know, when you have pity parties, it's almost like you go back to this comfort zone. You feel so sorry for yourself and you wish things were the way they were. And I'm sure Peter was thinking, oh, he wished he hadn't done that. Oh, how he wished he hadn't denied Jesus. Oh, goodness. How he wished he had had more faith and stayed on the water instead of sinking. Yeah, he failed. He failed over and over. I mean, talk about pride when you pull the Lord aside and you're going to tell the Lord how things are going to go. That's pretty prideful. So don't you think that that devil, that old devil, that old serpent of old was speaking to Peter and speaking in his ear and telling him what a failure he was and how shamed he should be of himself. Oh, yeah. So he just dug himself in had that pity party, went back to fishing because that's really all all that he knew. How could he go forward? How could he go forward in his destiny? That was not going to be possible. But, but there was a plan. And so we read in the Gospel of John, and again, I'm still reading out of the New King James Version. Out of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, it starts, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out. And immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing but when morning had come Jesus stood on the shore yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus then Jesus said to them children have you any food they answered him no and he said to them cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some so they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish therefore that disciple whom jesus loved said to peter it is the lord now when simon peter heard that it was the lord he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea i'm going to stop there now doesn't that just sound like peter that is peter Peter is intense Peter wow he isn't gonna just um no he wants to be the first to get to Jesus and he's gonna do it if he has to swim there so verse 8 but the other disciples came in the boat so they came in the boat but not Peter no he's going to jump into the sea and swim over to Jesus But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. Although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to him and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead so let me stop there here they all are actually not just Peter went back to fishing they all went back to fishing so for whatever reason for whatever uh, that the the scriptures don't tell us we don't really know why they did not go forward in ministry but they were all back in the same boat back to fishing, back to their comfort zone, back to what they knew. And Jesus now has to make a shift. He's got to shift them out of the past and into their future destinies. And so he takes the opportunity to share with them. See, they're discouraged. They've been out all night on that water fishing. They haven't caught a thing. When Jesus shows up, he tells them, put that net on the other side of the boat. You're going to catch a whole bunch. That was actually a prophetic picture to tell them, guess what? The shift has started, and we're about to see you bring in the harvest. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't right after that that Jesus has the dialogue with them, about tearing in Jerusalem and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and then when the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost everything changes everything changes the shift is complete they are now on their forward course of destiny and they will never look back they will never go back to fishing again so he has to have this little dialogue, and he has to catch them in a place where they're very discouraged, they don't understand. And, of course, they probably didn't even understand at that point what it meant to go from nothing to 153 fish because that was just a, 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 a picture, a window to show them what their future was going to be. The fish representing people, they were fishers of men. And so Jesus doesn't say anything to them about, hey, guys, you really, you know, what the heck are you doing? He doesn't even address that. He doesn't, he doesn't try to make them feel shamed or make them feel guilty. No condemnation here. You do not hear one word of condemnation out of Jesus toward these precious men. And now, you know, they're broken men, right? I mean, they're all back to fishing. When, I mean, just a few months ago, they were healing the sick, raising the dead. They were doing all kinds of incredible things. So, let's go to verse 15. So, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, he addresses him first at least we know by the scriptures he addresses him he probably addressed the others but this is what he says to peter he says simon son of jonah do you love me more than these and he says to him yes lord you know that i love you and jesus says to him feed my lambs and Jesus says to him a second time Simon son of Jonah do you love me and Peter says to him yes Lord you know that I love you and Jesus says tend my sheep and Jesus says to him the third time Simon son of Jonah do you love me Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time do you love me and Peter says to him Lord you know all things you know that i love you and jesus says to peter feed my sheep most assuredly i say to you when you were younger you girded yourself and you walked where you wished but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry your carry you where you do not wish this he spoke the Lord signifying by what death Peter would glorify God and when he had spoken this he said to Peter follow me how interesting that the Lord as I said no condemnation about the past doesn't even bring up the past but he sets him on his course his future destiny by telling him he gives Peter a directive Feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. In other words, shepherd them. Lambs need to be fed. Sheep need to be guided. And Peter was going to be the one who was going to be the pastor. He was going to pastor these people. He was going to care for them. And Jesus said, then says the last time, Feed my sheep. Now, Peter had to be a little bil- bewildered by these words. Um, Jesus speaks to him about his f- future ministry, and now he's talking to him about his death. And it's true, when Peter was younger, he walked where he wanted to walk, right? See, think about that. When we were young, Most of us walked where we wanted to walk. We did what we wanted to do. And I can tell you, even as an adult into my 60s, I walked where I want. I did what I wanted to do most of the time, most of the time. Yes, I was led by the Holy Spirit often, but. I didn't really grasp this thought that my life was not my own he bought me with a price and that's what Jesus is trying to say to Peter here but he's also telling him when he says you girded yourself and walked where you wish but when you're old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and what he's talking about is that Peter would be bound Um, And he would come under the control of the Romans and they would carry him where he would not wish to go to death. So, wow, (laughs) that's a real eye opener. I'm sure it was for Peter. I don't know that he was expecting that. But Jesus leaves him with these two very important words. Follow me. Remember that those same two words were spoken to Peter at the very beginning when he was out on the Sea of Galilee, he was fishing with his brother Andrew, and Jesus called them. And what did Jesus say to them? Follow me. That was three years prior. Fast forward, the last thing Jesus speaks to Peter is, follow me so it's a new day a new new place it's a new future and jesus is helping peter and i'm sure the rest of these disciples to get back up on their feet come up out of the miry clay come up out of the place of discouragement come up out of that place of self-pity come back out of Fishing for fish. And now you're going to be fishers of men. You're going to do what you have been called to do all the days of your life. So Peter, um, you know, when, when Christ is speaking to Peter and he says, you know, do you love me? He's using that word initially the first two times he's using the word agapeo. Do you love me? Agapeo. And that is a a love of commitment it's a love of the will and Peter responds with the word phileo indicating a very strong emotion for the Lord it that phileo in Greek that word for love that word suggests a friendship a deep fondness and warmth and commitment so Peter acknowledged that he loved Christ and the Lord gave him a task, gave him a responsibility of taking care of the lambs, the sheep, the, the lost people. And, of course, we know that Peter was called to the lost to the lost sheep of Israel. He was called to the Jewish people. And Jesus gets him to express his love for Christ. And, um, you know, Peter Peter initially had some difficulty with all of that, although he was very excited and loved the Lord. But the third time that Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, he used the word phileo as well. Jesus uses that word. And Christ had taught that a friend who loves will lay down his life for a friend, right? That's what the scripture says. But Peter had denied Christ three times. So when Peter responds you know that I love you Christ had he had drawn out of Peter a commitment and assured the other disciples of the bond between he himself between himself and Peter He demonstrated his complete forgiveness of Peter and the Lord restored Peter to a position of leadership in the ongoing ministry of the gospel so brothers and sisters we have to remember our life is not our own we have been bought with a price and I think you need to ask yourself Lord I have been bought with a price my life is not my own what is it that you have for me help me to grasp this fundamental truth that it's not about what I want how I want it where i want it but we surrender we surrender to the holy spirit and say it's about your will lord it's about what you desire for my life it's about what you want for my life you lead and guide me so i hope that encouraged you it certainly re-encouraged me um in my struggle so i um I trust it helped you as well. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to that podcast again. I certainly covered your prayers. I truly do. And if you want to bless this ministry with a finan- financial gift, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again. And with that, I say shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.